listening to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vail. Welcome to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale, the weekly radio talk show where we unwrap and reveal the secrets that successful people use, and you can too. Available at successunwrappedradio.com. This podcast is sponsored by gotomeeting.com. Part of business, we have to go to meetings, but it can be a real waste of time and money. And we know time is money. If you're driving two hours for a one-hour meeting or flying to headquarters for a half-day training session, you could be saving time and money by meeting online with GoToMeeting. You can invite people to meet you online. They can see your computer screen on their monitor. You can meet as long as you want, as often as you need, for one flat rate. You can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days with no credit card required by visiting GoToMeeting.com and typing in the promo code podcast. That's gotomeeting.com and type in podcast. Try GoToMeeting free today with no credit card needed. My special guest this week is Katherine Gibson, life management expert, speaker, seminar leader, and best-selling author of Unclutter Your Life, Transforming Your Physical, Mental, and Emotional Space, which has been translated into several languages. Her latest book is called Pause, Putting the Brakes on a Runaway Life, which teaches us how to stop running ourselves ragged in our pursuit for success. Catherine, thank you so much for being here to help us unwrap the power of the pause. <laughs> My pleasure, Heather. We're told to set our goals, work toward our goals, take action on our goals, and then we end up rushing around and being overworked. What's wrong with this process? I think we need to step back and ask what our goals are. I think um, too often we tend to feel that goals are work-related or career-related, and what we really need to do is look, is look at our priorities, not our work priorities, our life priorities. And when we do that, we understand that work may be one of those, but it isn't what should drive our life. What are some of the other life priorities that maybe should be driving our life instead? Well, right at the top of the list is self-care. It's actually taking care of ourselves. That really needs to be first. When our cup is full, when we're really on top of our game physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, then we're in a position to give to our families and to give to our communities and to give to our jobs. And I think so often that becomes reversed, where we're out there and we're putting out all the time and we're not putting ourselves first. In fact, we're putting ourselves last until, of course, we start to break down and, and then the picture changes. And that's too bad. We, we shouldn't have to have it come to that. Well, you know, of course, there are people who work too hard and need to pause, and then there are people who pause too much and need to work. So where do we find the balance in there? You know, it, it really is different for all of us. Um, and again, it comes down to what your priorities are in life and an understanding that for each of us, we have our own formula for what's comfortable. But I think when we're out of sync, our bodies and our and, and our minds will tell us that. It's interesting how we each have our own kind of thermometer, and we need to listen very carefully to that. And others around us will tell us as well. I was speaking to um, a career woman the other day, and we were talking about her life, which she feels is really kind of out of control. I said, well, how do you know that? And she said, my friends tell me I don't laugh anymore. It was as simple as that. Sometimes we see 
others who who may not be laughing, but they actually are spending time crying. I spoke to another woman yesterday who said to me she spends a lot of time between appointments driving, and when she's doing that, she's often crying. She just feels so overwhelmed. She can't seem to get off this circus that she's in. And I think I think that's when we know we have to stop, we have to pause, and we have to take a look at our life. Okay, so once we pause, which sounds very easy, what's the next step? How are we looking at our lives and actually getting off this roller coaster? <laughs> you know, I when I when I looked at the whole idea of the importance of pausing, I spoke to medical doctors and I spoke to psychologists and psychiatrists and even spiritual leaders, and I asked them that very question. You know, how do we do this? And is this a complicated process? And and you know, without exception, I was told. What it takes is the will, the will to actually stand up and put some boundaries around our lives and decide what's good for us. And, in, you know, the very first step is to actually step back and say, am I living the life I want to be living? Is this the life I want? And if it isn't, what do I do to change that? And, of course, coming right down to the practical aspects of that, what I suggest that people do is to actually make an inventory of what they do every day for a couple of weeks, just as if you were keeping track of the food you eat if you were going to go on a diet. And look at what you're writing down and look at what you're doing and ask yourself how much time you're spending on these activities and where is the fat? What doesn't need to be there? What's no longer any fun? What is meaningless now? What is not bringing you joy? What has become an obligation that just doesn't need to be there. How many of those activities are just pleasing others but really don't have any value to yourself? Those are the things we need to look carefully at and, if possible, to move them out, to unclutter our life, to unclutter our schedule with those things. And the next big challenge is not to fill them up again with (laughs) things that don't matter in our life, to actually incorporate periods of time that are just for us, those pauses. And, you know, people will say, oh, well, I'm so busy. And I'm suggesting, and I, and I talk about this throughout the book, we don't need to actually change our lives. We just need to punctuate it with these 15 or 20-minute moments throughout the day which actually bring us down and, and let us get control of ourselves physically and emotionally and spiritually. And, and let us enjoy what's happening each and every single day. What would one of those 15 to 20 minute moments actually look like and feel well, like? Sure, for each of us it might be different. Let's say that you're a person that commutes to work. Let's say you've got a half hour, 45 minute commute or longer. Turn the radio off and actually just enjoy the silence. That could be your pause. Getting out at lunchtime and walking around the block, visit an art gallery, Pop into a bookstore. Um, do something different that, than what your job demands is a pause that can really refresh you. It's interesting to note that the government of Nova Scotia has just mandated that their employees have to leave their buildings at lunch hour. They have to take their lunches. Might sound like kind of an everyday thing, but studies are telling us that 40% of us are eating our lunches at our desks with, you know, a sandwich in one hand and the telephone in the other. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're, these are very simple pauses. Taking time that's clear of all technology, moments when the cell phone is turned off and, and you're not being plugged into the email, 
and you're actually just taking a break from that kind of thing. It's a really good pause. I spoke to um, one fellow who, in the good weather, hops on his bicycle and cycles into work, and he's able to do that. And he said if he can't during the week, he gets on his bike on a weekend, and he says, I feel like a kid again. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, examples uh, such as that work. Another fellow I ran into said that he and his wife both work. They have a demanding schedule. But what their pause is, and this may sound interesting or a little odd, they do the household chores together. And instead of seeing them as drudgery, they see them as time that they can actually spend uh, together. He says, that's our quality time, and we get the house cleaned at the same time. <laughs> so, it's, you know, get creative with these things. But understanding the importance of playing every day and um, taking time to meditate or pray every day is so good for us. Walking every day, um, getting out into nature, even if it's just for 10 or 15 minutes, works wonders for us. And it's not just about taking the busyness out of our life. When we do these things, we're giving ourselves a real injection of, of health physically and emotionally. And studies are showing how just how important that is. What are the benefits of actually getting out into the garden and getting your hands into the dirt? Oh, I love that. (laughs) You know, playing in the dirt, that's a chapter that I quite enjoyed. Uh, Studies are telling us that when we actually have some relationship with nature, either being out in the dirt and planting a garden, or even um, if it's only looking at landscapes that are painted, it it has a, a very healing effect on us. And doctors are finding that patients are recovering quicker when they have an opportunity um, to be in the therapeutic garden, which some hospitals now have, um, or to have some access to nature. So getting out and playing in the dirt is is wonderful. And people who who do that, who have a bit of a garden, and if you don't, if you don't have a, an actual backyard garden, um, make a patio garden. Or if you don't have that, just get a couple of pots and put some dirt in it, plant some flowers. <laughs> and and there's some uh, wonderful way of um, making time seem to stand still when we do that. We really do focus on what's happening in the garden, and it lets our mind rest. You're talking about turning off the technology, turning off the noise, enjoying the silence, and I know that there's some people listening who would say they actually enjoy the noise and the hustle and bustle. They actually get energy out of that. What effect does it really have on us? You know, it's true that um, noise can be energizing, and certainly there's a place for sound in our lives. But we do know that over time, it wears on us, and it wears on our adrenal glands. It wears on us psychically, and it wears on us mentally. And noise has actually been attributed to increase in heart disease and other um, heart-related illnesses. It, it has a correlation to learning disabilities with children. Children who are exposed to a lot of noise don't have the ability to focus as well, and they're having learning difficulties in school. Um, we know that noise is um, something that interrupts our rest and our sleep, and um, in some countries and places in North America, it's become such a problem that they're having to mandate the amount of noise that's around. High decibel noise, such as those that come out of leaf blowers, are very, very detrimental to us psychically and physically. 
And uh, again, there's many laws coming in now where we're looking at, at um, regulating those sorts of things. Um, of course, hearing loss is a big issue as well. But um, that's just the sort of thing that people need to really um, escape from, to understand just how noisy their lives may be. And uh, it's interesting to take people who live in large cities and move them into the countryside even just for a few hours. And they may be even uncomfortable in the fact that it's quiet until they get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> now then, of course, when it comes time to unwind, a lot of people choose to do that in front of the television, which is more technology and more noise. <laughs> What's a better way to unwind and do more good for our brains? You know, TV um, has its place, and I know that there are a lot of people who, who love particular programs, and, and that's great. Um, when we use TV as a substitute for perhaps more social engagement, it, it, it can become a problem. Um, we know that doing a pause, I call this brain buffing, where we just take time to, to do some board games, do some crosswords, um, perhaps uh, take a night class and, and learn a new language. Um, get out with people that you don't know and experience new things um, not only refreshes us, but we are now learning that it's having a very positive effect on um, keeping at bay um, some memory-related um, illnesses such as dementia, senility, and even Alzheimer's. These, um, these activities actually strengthen components in our brain called dendrites, which are like branch-like um, capillaries that go out there and uh, grow and connect as we continue to learn. And it's that um, sort of thing we want to encourage because that's what keeps our brains healthy and working as we age. What can we do to get rid of the fatigue that often drags us down? A lot of us don't get enough sleep or, you know, by the time it hits 4 or 5 in the afternoon, a lot of people are just dead tired when they're trying to drive home. <laughs> well, that's true, and, and there's actually a pretty good reason for that. Um, the body has a, a rhythm, a circadian rhythm, which is pretty pretty significant and pretty standard among us human beings. And we know that between 2 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon, that rhythm actually slows down, and the body wants to rest. And that may be the reason behind the siestas that we often see in Latin American and some European countries where they actually listen to that and, and they, they take a couple of hours and they have a siesta. Now, that's probably not going to happen in North America, but we do know that 65% of us are sleep-deprived. We're not getting enough sleep, and that's causing us to lose focus. Our productivity is down, and, of course, accident rates on the job and behind the wheel are skyrocketing the, the more fatigued that we become. Two of the things that we can do to... To, to combat that is to turn the TV off at night and go to bed earlier. Whether or not we think we need the rest, we do. Most recent research is telling us that our immune system and our memories and our, on our, our sense of, um, of mental health is refreshed by sleep. And when we don't get enough, these systems begin to weaken and over time can break down. So it's essential. Now, some people will say, oh, but I only need five or six hours a night. And that might be so, but over a 24-hour period, most of us need between seven and a half and nine and a half hours of sleep, and so that needs to be made up at some point. And that's where napping comes in. Um, it's quite an interesting uh, thing to see 
um, people in North America beginning to take little naps on the job. I have an example uh, that I talk about, a fellow that I know by the name of Gary, who's a financial expert, stockbroker. And every day at 2 o'clock, doesn't matter what he's doing, he puts his feet up and he takes a nap in his office. And the guys kind of give him a... They give him a little bit of a hard time about it, but he just doesn't care. He needs that. And it's interesting to note that Gary is one of the top in his field in the country. Hmm. I was sharing this story um, recently when I was in Vancouver, and a woman looked at me and she said, you know, there are a few Garys on Bay Street, but they just keep quiet about it. <laughs> so this idea of actually just taking a little nap during the day, just a 15 or 20-minute pause during the day, is a really helpful thing. And I'm hoping that employers will recognize the importance of this and begin to understand that when their employees can step back and actually rest for a few minutes, they come back to the job energized and most importantly, their productivity increases and sick days on the job decrease and actually the bottom line is healthier for it. You can get Catherine's books and find out more about her programs at katherinegibson.com. That's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E gibson.com. And I hope you've enjoyed the first segment of our interview. But it's not over. There's a full 200% more than what you just heard where we delve deeper into these success principles. To unwrap the full interview and get lots more tools for success, just sign up to become a Success Unwrapped member on any level you choose at successunwrapped.com slash members. This has been Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of Success Unwrapped, helping you to unwrap and discover your own potential for success. Until next time, keep unwrapping. I'm Heather Vale. This podcast is part of the Blueberry Network at Blueberry.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com.